Welcome to the I Know a Thing podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Kelly. And this is Lauren. And today we're going to talk about the ways to train your pup to have a healthy and lasting relationship. Today we have Kim Hunter with us, who is a fantastic dog trainer and behavioralist. And she's going to go over some uh, myths and facts on dog behavior and (laughs) well, the thing that I love so much about Kim is we had like several dog trainers and I totally adopt her philosophy more than anybody else that I've ever met. Um, And so um, I love when she tells us about like dog body language and how to really connect with your pet. So, um, Kim, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you got into dog training and what makes you passionate about it, and then we can get into some tips. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I actually was working at a shelter, or I should say volunteering at a shelter, and then I took a behavior course through the UW, and it was kind of all downhill from there or uphill, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) Um, I just knew I wanted to be a trainer. It just took me um, a while to get there because it's not an easy thing to do if you want to do it right. Um, and do it quickly, which technically I did. Cause I think it's been seven years since I started my journey. So, mm-hmm. um, I've been certified as a professional trainer for about four of those years, I think now. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I have my own business and, um, I can't tell you the more I learn, the more passionate I get. So you're getting me to talk about my most favorite subject. Awesome. So I'm going to just jump right into it because I felt like one of the most important things that we learned from you had to do with um, the back and forth between your dog and, you know, the family members Mm -hmm. and just how you can read their body language and they let you know what they want or need Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Um, one of the things that was so interesting that you talked about was um, the sense of smell. And maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> dogs have this. I mean, we all know that their noses are um, unbelievably um, keen on all smells. So they can smell every different smell. So like when we smell, let's say we smell um, a pot of something on the stove and we smell kind of, we can smell maybe the oregano, but we smell everything together. We can't really pick out all the scents separately. Dogs can. So they can Mm. smell all the smells separately. Um, So yeah, from far away. So that's the other thing we don't need to invade their space by putting our hand out to a dog. The dog can smell you from across the room or farther. They might want to come closer and smell you closer, but it doesn't mean that we have to invade their space. But their noses um, can work, yeah, from miles, honestly. Well, maybe not miles, but. Reminds me of like Top Chef where they make them taste things mm-hmm. blindfolded or like take a bite of something and figure out what ingredients are in there. And I think we can, we as humans can learn with our taste and our smell. But dogs, it's just innate. Yeah. Like they can smell all the different stuff so in cool. everything. So um, that's kind of a fun thing to work with, especially if you're doing nose work. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of fun. You can... So why does my dog like me less after I shower? 
Ah, because you <laughs> probably because of all the perfumes and the and the if you're depending on what body stuff um, you use the soap, shampoo, lotion, all of that stuff is very perfumey. Mm-hmm. We probably kind of get used to it real quick. It kind of we think it fades, but mm-hmm. it's really still on our skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go to the shelter freshly showered, generally speaking, which I know. That's but when I go on Mondays to the to home or pet, I don't shower before I go in the morning because. Mm-hmm. The dogs, pref- well, dogs prefer you. <laughs> smell <laughs> like you're smell. supposed to smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I think it's just really strong. Yeah. I think all that stuff is just really strong. Hmm. Um, and so it might put them off until it's kind of dissipated enough that they're hmm. comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never realized that. I know. I my dogs either. are always in my business. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, some some don't seem to mind it. Okay. So it's actually very different with different dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, some are sensitive to it and don't like mm-hmm. it. And you can almost see, like I've had a couple dogs wrinkle their nose, especially mm-hmm. after I put hand sanitizer on to go to the next dog. Mm-hmm. They'll wrinkle their nose when they when they sniff me. So you can tell if they're not super mm-hmm. into whatever mm-hmm. you're smelling like at that point yeah. in time. So cool. I don't wear Good perfume know. and I don't, you know, right, shower right. before go- I do shower before I go to clients' houses. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other interesting thing is, you know, we used to, we would walk our dog. We have a small dog, but we would walk our dog as if it was an exercise for, you know, for the dog. Mm-hmm. And I think my kids would like literally drag him around the block, you know, just to get him to go to the bathroom and whatever else. And you mentioned that the walk is really the dog's time. Mm-hmm. And so talk to us more about that. I like to call those sniffaris. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I do dog led walks. It doesn't mean you can't train while on a walk. It doesn't mean we can't ask or train a heel or, or train for focus on us at times. But a walk should be for mental stimulation, um, you know, exploration, and um, decompression mm-hmm. for dogs, in my opinion. Some mm-hmm. dog trainers don't believe in that. I do. I mm-hmm. think they are. it lowers their blood pressure. It tends to lower their heart rate, lowers their cortisol levels. Um, if you can end a day on a good sniff walk, or at least 10 minutes mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's pretty dark right now. So that's, you know, yeah. they can come in and go, okay. But I do probably a 40-minute walk in the morning with my dog. Wow. And I follow him. Mm -hmm. He leads me wherever he wants to go within reason, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Safety obviously comes first. Um, If I can't go somewhere that he wants to go explore, I'm just like, dude, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally speaking, he sniffs, he explores, he does what he wants. And I just follow and watch. Um, And it's just so, so good for them. Behaviorally speaking, um, most dogs would benefit the greatest if you just add that one thing into their day mm-hmm. a couple times a day. Yeah. So, wow. It's their time. It's a lot of their behavior time. issues will tend to decrease mm-hmm. if some of those needs are being met. There's... That's so interesting. I always thought of it as exercise too, like get their energy out. And then with my most recent, the sheep dog, he just smells everything. And I'm like, oh, he just likes to like, get a different environment than our house or our backyard. So that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere where the sense of smell is so important to the dog that even if they're blind and deaf, they will be more depressed if they can't smell than any other sense. Yes. And they pretty much figure if you can, you can take a dog's 
sight. You can take mm -hmm. a dog's, you know, hearing, which we know they get blind and deaf when they get older, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of them, um, but they still get around and they're still happy and because mm -hmm. they still have their nose. Yeah. So you can do a lot of emotional and mental damage if you were to take that, if a dog was to have that taken away. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So talk to us about the alpha myth. I, I, cause I, you know, like I said, we had different dog trainers and some of them were a little more aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, you're more my style. I'd love to hear like what you think about that. So this is a really hot topic mm -hmm. in the dog training world. It causes a lot of arguments, mm -hmm. not going to lie. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be kind of a, it's not a hot take cause a lot of people are on like agree with me too. Um, <laughs> like somebody. Anyway, so it's basically um, a lot of people think some dogs need um, a heavier hand and they need you to be alpha leader of the pack, whatever that looks like. So you'll hear buzzwords <laughs> as Leo plays in the background. Yeah, mm -hmm. you'll have your you'll hear buzzwords: um, pack leader, alpha, um, alpha. Like they'll they'll suggest you alpha roll your dog if they do something wrong um which means they roll them over and pin them on the ground and hold them down um, yeah so there's i mean there's a lot of things that go along with that that are not great um for dogs and the the thing is alpha the the david um i believe his last name is per, um pronounced meech um but it's spelled m-e-c-h and you can look it up he did a study back in, I believe it was early seventies, um, or it was completed in the early seventies. And he did a study, but they were captive wolves in a captive area, mm -hmm. non-related wolves. He brought in a whole bunch of wolves and put them in this <laughs> enclosure to watch their behavior. And of course they saw dogs fighting. They saw these wolves fighting for resources mm -hmm. to, you know, and that, so they came up with this alpha theory mm -hmm. that the top, top, top wolf, you know, was the alpha, the one that fought for more of the resources. So the conclusion they came to was just wrong because the study was set up wrong. And he came out later and admitted it. He said it was the worst thing I could have done for our domestic dogs. Mm. Um, it, it was a big mistake. And now we can't get rid of it because mm -hmm. everybody, um, keeps per perpetuating mm -hmm. itself. His book is still out there. He actually tried to get his book off the shelf. Um, so anyway, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, it was, it's kind of like some of the vaccine like studies that pe the people who do the study, take it back, but nobody forgets it. No. Right? You, yeah. So it's like, you can't take it back. Like it was mm -hmm. out there and mm -hmm. he, and nobody will, nobody will let him take it back. Yep. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So it, it basically has it in my opinion, it leads to a contentious combative relationship with your dog mm -hmm. because you think all the behavior your dog is doing is be to become pack leader mm -hmm. over you or alpha mm -hmm. over you. Um, and basically alpha just means breeding pair mm -hmm. mom and dad of the pack. Mm -hmm. Now doesn't mean there's not dominant behaviors that can happen. It just means that in that aspect, alpha is mom and dad breeding pair. The rest of the pack in a wolf pack is their offspring. And then offspring go off and find another mate from another pack. And then they actually create their own pack. Mm -hmm. So there's really no, nobody's fighting for resources. They are working together mm -hmm. and 
hunting together and sharing and that kind of thing. They do make sure that the breeding pair, the breeding pair will usually eat first, but they're pretty benevolent and they, you know, everybody gets some. Hmm. Kind so. of like a captain of a team. Like they're not in charge, but they're kind yes. of like who to look to. Yes, maybe. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, when the submissive behaviors that we can see, if you watch any kind of mm -hmm. National Geographic, you're like submissive behaviors, the rolling over, those are offered behaviors. Mm -hmm. Those are not forced behaviors from the air quotes alpha. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So a a younger pup will offer submissive behaviors, licking the face, rolling over. You've seen dogs yeah. that will roll over when you come over and show you their tummy. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of behaviors are offered. They're not forced. Mm. I mean, I'm sure the people, some of the dogs will fight. We're not, you know, but it's not an alpha thing. So I, I've always been like curious, like, I mean, we were shocked when our puppy would, you know, sleep, you know, on his back with his legs and, you know, paws up. And I just felt like that's not a, you know, predator or like, I don't know what to call it predator, but like, you know, it's not like a defensive position, right? It's like a very um, submissive position. And I'm curious as to like how that evolved from the wolves and why they do that. Did they do that with the wolves when they were wolves or did they, you know, like, what's the deal? You know, I don't know mm -hmm. about... I would say that puts them in a very vulnerable position mm -hmm. um, on their back. But again, if they're sleeping somewhere, I don't know actually how they might sleep if they're in a safe place. Mm -hmm. I don't know how on guard they are. Dogs are pretty safe. They know in their own homes, my dog sleeps on his back. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they just feel safe. Mm -hmm. And they, they have over so many hundreds, thousands of years have been domesticated and they're affiliated with humans. So yes, they feel safe in this mm -hmm. environment. Mm -hmm. So they're not on guard. They're not, you know, waiting for some other yeah. predator or another wolf to come into their environment at all and challenge them or whatever. So mm -hmm. no, if he's, if he's laying on his back and in, in your house, your house, it means he's very comfortable. Okay. Very, it's not a submissive thing. It's just a comfort thing. No. You were doing that from day one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's also talk about like the fallout from, I mean, I know that some dog trainers, like we talked about how they're more aggressive and, mm -hmm. you know, people have electric fences and things like that. And you mentioned at one point that there's a potential fallout from that in terms of behavior of a dog. Dogs are making associations all the time. Mm. They're making associations about what we're doing, how it affects them, what it means for them. Um, and when we start using corrections and punishment, um, we don't always know, depending on our timing and the context of where we're using those corrections or punishments, we don't know what they're going to associate that with. So unless... <laughs> Unless you are like your timing is spot on and you know you're an expert at behavior theory and using a correction just kind of it's um I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Um it's taking a big chance on okay. causing mm -hmm. emotional 
trauma, if so to speak. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say you're abusing your dog because most people, even when they correct their dog, are not abusing their dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> they just want, you know, they want to stop a behavior and technically punishment will stop a behavior mm-hmm. if it's done right. Mm-hmm. behavior doesn't stop and technically it wasn't done right or it wasn't punishment but like um i use a i use a um example of dogs that are in the like behind an invisible fence can actually become more reactive to the dogs on out mm. on the street that walk by because if it's a big if every dog's different but if they come up to that line and they they do run up because they're excited to say they're excited the first time and they come running up to that line. They've been trained on it, but they run into it and they get shocked. Well, their focus was on that dog. So now they might have associated that dog with that pain, with that shock. And if it happens multiple times, pretty soon they're going, I see another dog and I get hurt in their Mm -hmm. head. I mean, again, we have that big, front of that big cortex that can work and we can, mm-hmm. we can really figure out what's going on. We understand that dogs do not. Mm-hmm. So we can't putting that on them is pretty. So same thing with like um, a prong collar or a shock collar on a reactive dog. Um, most trainers, even balance trainers would agree with me that we, maybe we don't use those things on a dog that's actually already kind of fearful or already reactive, but you're on a leash. The dog hits the end of the leash on a prong collar because they're reacting Mm -hmm. to a dog over there or a person and they hit the end and it it cinches up and it pinches them like it's supposed to, they might be associate, you know, now associating that pain to, Mm. or or discomfort. And we don't don't even have to be causing Mm -hmm. a lot of pain each time it happens with that person or, or that those dogs or whatever, mm-hmm. it can make that reactivity worse. It's almost like Pavlov's dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They the create theory, the association. And they create the association and it's yeah. like, you know, but it's mm-hmm. negative. Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't know when or what that association will be. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, taking the chance of using a correction and using it wrong and not, you know, I, and, and my biggest question, I just wouldn't do it because I wouldn't know what the dog's associating. And then my biggest question, when somebody says they use corrections, I'm like, why? If we can set up the dog to learn what we do want them to do and set up their environment so that it, they can't fail or, you know, fail very few times, we set them up for success. Mm-hmm. They learn the behavior we like. That gets reinforced. And reinforcement drives behavior as I'm wearing my sweatshirt. Yeah, I like your sweatshirt. Reinforcement drives Drives behavior. behavior. Yes. Always. So you reinforce what you want to see more of. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Is it bad that I'm thinking about my eight-year-old child, like human child (laughs) with some of this? No. (laughs) Not that I put a prong collar on him, but I'm just like, this makes sense for for that game. Okay. Every being learns the same way. Okay. So no, um, okay. if I knew, okay, if good. I knew, if I knew back way back when my kids were yeah. younger, if I yeah. knew even part of what I know now, oh my gosh, I would have done something. Mm-hmm. I would have, there were so many things I would have done differently. I feel um, like probably every parent has that feeling. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But yeah, it's interesting because I, I didn't realize it was so like similar because I have a lot Weird. of pets. I got a lot of kids. So it is very similar. That's and when you, interesting. um, yeah. So mm-hmm. especially like we have the, I don't know if you guys have heard of the gentle parenting. Oh yeah. That's, mm-hmm. and that is actually, 
they use a lot of techniques oh. that they're setting their kids up for success instead of they fail and then they yell at them and punish them. They teach them mm -hmm. in those moments, mm -hmm. teach our dogs. Now we try not to let them have the moments <laughs> that Right. That, need to be taught. That, yeah. no, well, you know, for, we don't want them to practice the behavior yeah. we don't want. So that's the biggest, that's my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Don't let them practice the behaviors you don't like. Okay. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. That's actually one of the harder things sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Kim, what are some things that we can do like in our homes for mental stimulation for dogs? And you know that I that I'm big on the on the, the enrichment and mental stimulation. Yes. As I, as I came yes. over, probably pretty prepared with, hey, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you need to do some of the, the do some of the stuff with your dog. Yeah. Um, that is probably one of my biggest things that I start out with every client is, you know, we can exercise our dogs. Um, we can exercise our dogs till their legs fall off. Yeah. That's not the same as mental stimulation. And we actually, most people put a lot of emphasis on the exercise, the physical exercise. Mm -hmm. It is important. Don't get me wrong, but mental stimulation is probably more, more important. Um, I mean, I, you know, me, I kind of have these like food puzzles. Um, mm -hmm. so basically licking, sniffing and chewing are probably the biggest species specific needs a dog really has. Hmm. So you like the food puzzles. I get Absolutely. ads for them a lot. I've never, I've literally never used them and I've had dogs my whole life. I do. Um, if your dog likes them. You get on Amazon. Oh, oh I'm sure they would. Like, yeah. yeah. No, Amazon. Eh, Amazon's no? my oh. friend. No, Amazon's my friend. Oh, okay. I got, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, no. Whatever, whatever you think your dog will like. Um, one of the other easy ones is something called a snuffle mat. Which is easy to reload. So notes. so. Oh my um, gosh, Leo loves the snuffle. Um, yeah, the oh snuffle. Loves you, it. you put treats in the okay. like a carpet, like it's the yeah. mat that's sort of like a car okay. big fluffy carpet. And it's like put... a carpet like puzzle sort of. Right. So you can hide things in it yeah. too. Yeah, because like, they have places. them now that have like different. Yeah, I think you got one that had different things you could hide. Yeah, like your oh, tuck thing. Yeah, it looked like a little patch, like a pumpkin yeah. patch type yeah, thing. Yeah, you got a good one. Yeah, this one. There's a couple, there's, there's a whole. That's thing. the yeah. one I got. There's, yes. Yes. So something That's like so that. Cute. Yep. Um, the poodle would love it. It would yeah. keep her. Busy. Oh, mm -hmm. they love it. Okay. Sorry. Especially if they're no. tough eaters. Like they, if they don't like to eat regular dog food, I know she eats. the entire like, you know, like habit of going through it makes them eat the dog food. She, it makes it interesting. Yeah. yeah. She loves food. <laughs> yeah. She gets in the bowl and she like like goes into it and gets a mouthful and then like takes it over here and eats it. I, you know, okay. I'm going to tell you right there. I do not know what that's about. She's um, weird. She's very quirky. I, other dogs have done she it. She just like spits it out and then eats yeah, it. So maybe she is bored with the bowl. <laughs> I don't know. I, and I, I couldn't tell you what that's about. I've not ever asked anybody like that probably knows All more right. than me. Well, I'm going to try this. So. Um, so that's, and that kind of thing, um, like um, Leo has that, Bob, Bob's a lot. Yeah, the little agree. bobble. The but, food bobble. That's yeah. the only way he will eat oh. dog food. Yeah, so that's one of my favorites. Yeah. My dog loves that. When I get that out, he's super excited. Um, I pretty much come into a new client with a list mm -hmm. of that, snuffle mats. Um, you can even take a dish towel, <clears throat> spread some kibble on it or some treats, mm -hmm. roll it up. You can freeze it if you want. 
but generally speaking, you can wet the towel just a little bit and freeze it. Um, or just dry and you hand you, know, you put it down yeah. for your dog and your dog has to figure out to unroll it to get the treats. Again, these are super easy and mm-hmm. your dog's probably going to get them. It's not about stumping your dog every time. It's about making these little games interesting, making eating mm-hmm. interesting if they're not, not keen on eating out of a bowl. I mean, there's, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it works. Um, it makes, makes life, it breaks up their day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gives them something to think about. Mm-hmm. I got a couple puzzles that I have to admit my poor dog, I'm not going to say he's dumb cause he's not, but it's take, we haven't, and we haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. Um, and, and I'm trying to figure out how to, t- he doesn't, I haven't taught him to target with his paw, mm-hmm. which would, and it's a press. You put kibble or treats in the top, and then it you press oh. it, and the food comes out the bottom, mm-hmm. like into a tray or Very into these cool. little spots. And really, <laughs> like I thought this was going to be great, but um, <laughs> I'm realizing that I may need to actually do some. There's some training that I actually need to do with yeah. him to get him to understand. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. It's something we do together. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. And it's interesting to him. And it just, um, mm-hmm. so that's like, I mean, mental stimulation is probably, in my opinion, I would put it above physical exercise mm-hmm. unless you have a working breed. But even then I would, I feel like they need more mental stimulation than all of it, you know, mm-hmm. than all dogs. Hmm. Um, cause they're used to working. Yeah. They're used to. I've noticed it more with thinking. my sheep dog. And he's like, he could run, like he loves to go to a field and run, but like the, the walks were the sniffing Mm -hmm. and yeah, the mental state, like Mm -hmm. my, one of my kids would set up jumps around the house, the one that rides horses and jumps, of course, would set up jumps for the dog and he loved it. He would just like do the course, like he just likes that kind of thing. I did that with my cockapoo when I was riding horses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I did that with my kid, my dogs growing up, not my kids, I don't know, maybe I did. (laughs) No, that's a memory. Yeah, Yeah. so that's interesting. Which would be agility. I did agility with my dog for a little while, mm-hmm. which was great, but it was a little too much physicality for his joints. Yeah. But, but I have a friend that does that. She competes and it's super cool, but I'm like, yeah, I'm too, not, not going to do no, it's, <laughs> too it's, much on my plate already, but it looks very fun. <laughs> it's also very hard. Yeah. It was actually very humbling yeah. when I went to go learn it as the human side. As the human side, equation. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very humbling yeah. for me. Oh, I, oh. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is brand new for me. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just, I mean, you can do dog sports with your dog. You can do stuff around the house. I love doing stuff, you know, when it's nasty outside, we do stuff in the mm-hmm. house, puzzles and, mm-hmm. and hiding things for them to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that is things we can do. So there's definitely things you can do that involve you. And there's things you can do. That you can just give to your dog yeah, <laughs> and, and, and have them do it. And then maybe you come back and kind of refill or whatever, but um, so there's different options on that one. Mm-hmm. My favorite um, Facebook page, I don't know if this is legal, but um, <laughs> is Canine Enrichment. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> if you want to take note on that one. Um, Taking a note. Yeah, that one. They have lots of people have lots of DIY oh. and or um, store-bought ideas and different games, different things that they would do with their dogs. And some people come up with some pretty, uh, they're pretty creative. So mm-hmm. I have to ask you. And this is like, I feel like I'm sort of like, this is like, I'm, I don't know, tooting my own horn on this one. But why is it that some dogs 
like one human in the family better than the others, like the gravitates toward them. And I've always heard, oh, it's because whoever feeds them. And I don't buy that. I'm, you know, feeding them, providing them with the things that they need, that person that, that is interacting with them more in those ways. Yes, it's going to start that process, but there's more to it than that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it when I came over the first thing. You're like, he loves me. He's stuck to me like glue. Right. Like dog. he'll come over and he'll sit with me, but he doesn't feel that way necessarily right now about, you know, he, he's a little more wary of the kids mm-hmm. or, you know, there was, there was just that kind of, yeah. and we talked about interacting with our dogs and how that can be different between people. Mm-hmm. So you might have somebody that's real soft and that's what the dog likes and somebody who's quieter, somebody who doesn't force attention on them, um, mm-hmm. you know, or handling or, you know, different things like that, or doesn't have a loud booming voice. I mean, there's so many things that can go into that. So they will gravitate to that person. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a personality thing. Than yeah. Like, you're meeting my needs. I think it's both. I'm okay. not going to lie. Um, but if that person that is meeting their needs is kind of scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> it can, oh, it, yeah. so no, you know, it might not translate the same way so Mm -hmm. they still might find another person who who makes them feel safer or makes them feel whatever Mm -hmm. you know good Mm -hmm. more often and i would say a lot of times it's the person that's spending the most time with them too Mm -hmm. apparently leo was depressed when i left for two weeks tyler said he had like he was just like you know his head and his paws depressed don't want to toot my own horn again, but you know, I mean, like, <laughs> hey, everybody well, else is home. <laughs> a lot of dogs will will have a person in the house that's mm-hmm. kind of their person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, my dog follows me around and he goes and lays with my husband and he goes and sits mm-hmm. under his desk when he's in there working, but he comes and cuddles with me on the couch or he'll come choose to come upstairs to the bedroom with me if I go upstairs. I mean, there, there's things he will definitely want to gravitate around mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Um, but I train him and I work with him and I am the person that feeds everybody and so I mean yeah. you know, I'm yeah. kind of, yep your mama your mama bear of, for everyone so. I'm, I'm the caretaker so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. thanks for listening until next time this is I know a thing a podcast by ordinary moms exploring what we find curious.